2: The Mad Scientist And as promised As promised, I know I've been advertising it In the Facebook group page I have a very Special guest here today Her name is Cynthia Kranz. Hello Cynthia Hi How are you
3: today? I'm amazing How are you?
2: I'm doing great, I'm doing great Now for the listeners out there Cynthia, tell them a little about yourself
3: hi well um I started working at Funimation in 1999 I was first cast as Chi Chi in Dragon Ball Z and have retained that character all the way through super I'm just crossing my fingers that she so shows up in superhero um my next show was as Botan and Yu Yu Hakusho Um, Mitch in um, Case Closed. Um, Just sorry, it's been over 20 years, but I've done over 250 characters and I'm so grateful.
2: Oh, man. So so me and Cynthia go back to what? 2018? Yes, sir. Yeah, so 2018. So We met at Bonsai Con uh, here Mm -hmm. in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. And it's so funny how we end up like meeting each other. So she was actually working that con and I was actually doing press for that con and, you know, taking pictures and everything else. And um, I asked Cynthia, like, hey, I would like to interview you for uh, for my show. And so she was like, hey, you know, well, here's my number, which completely shocked me. Right. So <laughs> um, really yeah, it, it did, because usually when I speak to voice actors or whatever, they give me an email or like an Instagram or something like that. So you are the very first person actually, you know, gave me, you know, the, you know, a direct phone line to actually. You well,
3: know, we we totally connected and we had dinner and you're my friend. And I had no doubts that I could trust you. Oh, yeah. No doubt.
2: No, no doubt. Now I was again. I was completely like thrown off, and you know the con was over on a Saturday, and I was on my way to go home, and something told me to stop and like, hey, call Cynthia, find out where she's at. And you know I called you. You was at this. Uh, you was at a pizza place. I think it was Chicago Pizza. I think like right <laughs> yes. down the right down the yes, road. And,
3: exactly.
2: And you was like, you want to join us? I'm like, uh, sure. <laughs> I, I, I do. <laughs>
3: And that was such a wild and not wild, like people were doing bad things. It was just so many people from different places, whether it was the people that put on the convention or other guests, and everyone was just devouring pizza and talking wildly about the wonderful event.
2: Yeah, and a special shout out to the listeners out there, uh, Meals38, Thread Magnet. And Mios waves frantically at you. <laughs> um, he is a huge I'm waving frantically back, hello. So um um Thread Magnet is also uh part of uh my staff from Orange Phoenix like uh, with the magazine. She does a lot of cosplay. She does some kick ass cosplay. She does Yamato from One Piece uh, over oh, the weekend amazing. at uh Ichiban. Um she makes her own stuff. She has a three D printer and everything. So she's actually I'm
3: so amazed by that like that is i can't even make a stick figure so i'm so <laughs> amazed and impressed by cosplayers
2: yeah I, well I, I told her i haven't cosplayed ever right and I, I told her hey i got this got this idea for a cosplay i think i know what my first cosplay is gonna be and i told her and she said oh i think i can put some stuff together so she's helping me out for my very first cosplay so uh, you know, maybe try it at Anime Con or Colossal Con. Well, or, what
3: was it? What was the character?
2: Is uh, Moon Knight? Uh, from oh, Marvel. cool! Yeah, from Marvel Comics. So yeah, so Thursday so, like, we're gonna. Make I'm that gonna happen. need
3: to see pictures of that. I'm gonna need you to send me those.
2: Yeah, so, so I have a list of characters I really want to cosplay. You know, there's Jean Starwind for Outlaw Star. There's Yusuke Urameshi from Yu Yu Hakusho. Woo! And, um, so, uh, he a, So, what was your experience like with Dragon Ball? Like, how did you end up getting the part of Chi Chi?
3: Well, it's so random because at that point, let's see, uh, in 1993, I started working professionally as an actress in the Dallas Fort Worth area, which is mainly commercial, corporate videos. We did you know, uh, some music videos, independent films, PSAs, things like that. And I happened to be working way back then. We had cable access. So in your area, you could put on a show. And there was an amazing show that actually could have been put on MTV. Oprah contacted us. It was a sketch comedy show, but the the guy that produced and directed it, Bobby Jackpack, is so talented. But he's a shy, true artist that doesn't want the spotlight. And mm-hmm. the point of the show was making fun of awful TV at three in the morning. And so each episode would start with three people on the couch clicking their... Remotes And what they would see was us being a bad commercial, a bad infomercial, a bad um, movie, like a B movie. And he was a genius at editing. So we might take the real sound from the B movie and have us, you know, match that. Or it could be, a, I'm just trying to think, soap operas wrestlemania anything that you would have seen back in the 90s and early 2000s at three in the morning it was a genius show but um i made many friends there and one of them happened to work for our local arts um i might call it a magazine i guess a newspaper called the dallas observer mm-hmm. and that that told you where all the good food, good bands, theater, movies, whatever. And he said, oh, my God, I just placed an ad for an open call for some cartoon. You need to go. And I was like, okay. And by then, he knew me well enough. And it wasn't that I wasn't interested. I didn't have the confidence to think. I was like, that's one thing I've never done is voiceover. And he called me three times. Wow. And then so I finally was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I called the number and I heard Chris Sabat's low voice. And I thought this has to be a joke. No one sounds like this. And I (laughs) left my information and they called me in. And at that time, Funimation was privately owned in Fort Worth and it took up like, like just half of a floor on a mid-sized bank building. So I show up and they had one little booth and my instructions were to watch all the videos of the females from the Canadian cast and do my best to, you know, voice match these characters. And so I did all of them. But the funniest thing to me now about Chi-Chi is that none of her lines were yelling, whining, bitching, or nagging. I remember specifically, she's washing dishes, and she's like, Oh, well, boys will be boys. And it cracks me up, because I was cast on that. and. I found out on my 30th birthday, because back then we didn't have voicemail. It was 1999. I had an answer machine, and I came home. It's my birthday. I pushed the button, and I heard Chris Zabbitt going, And you have been cast in the role of Chi Chi. And I didn't even know what that meant. I did (laughs) not know what anime was. I certainly did not know what Dragon Ball Z was. Mm-hmm. And but it was a new genre I'd never worked on. And I went literally running in circles around my apartment, just screaming and hurrah, hooray. And um, so that's how I got into it, knowing n- literally nothing about it.
2: So so you said that Chi wasn't originally the, the yeller or the screamer. I mean, I'm sure
3: she – I'm sure she was, but the – when you audition, they give you sides, which are the lines, and they were kind enough to show us scenes, and her only scene was washing the dishes and saying, oh, well, boys will be boys. (laughs) There was none of – okay, After I got the part and we did Dragon Ball Z, we went back into Dragon Ball and GTX and all the things. Never do I remember saying that line. I mean, all (laughs) I remember about her is nagging, whining, bitching, sobbing, you know, yelling. She's always hysterical because... uh, mm, I don't know. Maybe she has some mental problems, but <laughs> mostly she's... Just, of Gohan. Well, she might just be concerned about her family. And so she's over the top on every emotion. And none of that was in the audition.
2: Really? Oh, wow. Okay. That was like... I, I feel none like of that that. Was a, I feel like that was a pivotal part of, of Chi-Chi. Like, people feared her. I remember specifically um... Goku was dead at that point, and Gohan went to go off to go train with Piccolo. And mm-hmm. nobody told Chi Chi yet <laughs> where, where Gohan is. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, they sent Krillin over to Chi Chi's house, and, to and, and Krillin, Krillin, Krillin didn't tell her. Yeah, Krillin didn't tell her. Krillin he has
3: taken so much of the brunt of her anger.
2: <laughs> Yes, exactly.
3: But her anger is fear-based. She's not mean. She's just desperate to keep her family alive.
2: Yeah, and and, and that's a motherly thing. So I don't don't think that's a wrong way to feel. I mean, I I still feel like two of the funniest parts to me was when Krillin snuck off and (laughs) Chi Chi found out Krillin snuck off and still didn't tell her... (laughs) Go where Gohan is, and you see her flying down the ocean with Ox King in the back. <laughs> like, the island, like, Somebody better give me answers right now. Where is my son? Where is my son? And everybody's like, shook Like, well, well, um, it's um, like this, uh,
3: uh. and and I get that, but the way I was able to connect with her was because I don't. What I don't like about her is she married a a saiyan who's going to be a superhero. And it's like a girl marrying a rock star and wanting him to get a day job. Yeah. That's not cool. In my personality, I would never do that. But how I connect with her is she loves her husband. She loves her kids. She wants them to pay their bills and not die. And so that's how I'm able to take that and rage and whine and nag, because um, she just wants to protect her family.
2: And the other episode was she had to go grocery shopping, and uh, a- and she didn't. Ha- nobody had a driver's license. Nope. Man, all oh, like- right. Like she was unravelled after.
3: That. Well, that's one of my favorite scenes. Um, when I first started dating my husband, I'm kind of embarrassed now that I showed him my work because I don't think it's cool to like be like, look what I do. Mm-hmm. But I told him what I did, and I just wanted to. I was excited to. I did. I don't show many people my work or ask them to watch it, but. Anyway, I chose to that night and that's the one where she's schlepping through with her bags and just like ah and I get it. And I love I think it's just one thing I love about Dragon Ball the whole franchise is the the humor yeah. and so yeah. making them get their driver's license. Um and but that's you know, I've done this for so long, but that's one of the ones I remember distinctively.
2: Yeah, especially Piccolo. You made Piccolo go get a driver's license He's Like, <laughs> oh no, you're getting yours too.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I still don't know why he got thrown into it, but um, I mostly I remember when she's carrying the bags and she's dropping the. I don't know. If she's been. I don't remember the circumstances. I just remember she's scared and exhausted and over it and like okay it's cool we have a cloud we can fly on but we freaking need a car um so I don't know why she didn't get her own driver's license but I did not write her so I just try to put myself in how would I feel if I was married and I'm schlepping groceries across you know a cliff and I'm almost killed and um I don't know, uh I don't know. It's just been such great fun
2: I'm, and again, that's what, like one of my favorite episodes, and you know Goku asked, I'm like, Hey, where'd you get those clothes from? He's like, I got it from your wife, from your clothes <laughs> 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 it it he He's like, that's where I got it from. so you you go from from you know uh martial arts housewife. To right? a very sarcastic, smart ass, uh, mm. botan leader of the you know, uh, oh, basically. Okay. so what was that like? How did you end up getting the job of botan?
3: That was interesting. That was my second audition, and I had seen in the eighties, the late eighties, a Steven Spielberg film called Always, mm-hmm. and yeah. it was. Audrey Hepburn's last film. It has John Goodman, Holly. Oh, my God. She's amazing. Holly, come on, help me, Erskine.
2: Always, always, always. always. She was
3: in the piano. Holly, she's one of my favorites. She's a tough, cool girl. Anyway, John Goodman, Holly, whatever her name is, uh, Richard Dreyfus, and the whole theme is kind of like without the fighting it's kind of like
2: um holly hunter because
3: yes thank you i love her um and so i mean spoiler alert most of you haven't seen it but i think you should if you like spielberg and you like other worldly spirit kind of shows it it centers around the guys that put out the forest fires in Colorado and they fly those planes that drop the chemical that puts out the fires. And Holly Hunter is in love with Richard Dreyfuss. There's a, they're a couple, but like Chi Chi, she's like, uh, I don't want you to die. I want you to retire. And he has an opportunity to stop doing that and go teach but he's got one more mission. And on that mission, and John Goodman's his best friend. And they are putting, they're saving a unit of firefighters by putting out the fire around them in their airplanes. And John Goodman's plane catches on fire. And Richard Dreyfus, who would I would consider the use of that situation, mm-hmm. um flies over him, puts out his fire. And then dives down and puts down the fire of the firefighters. And then he does not know that his plane crashes. And Mm. he's walking through a burnt out forest, whistling, because he's so proud of himself. Like, do-do-do, I saved the world. And then he comes upon, out of all this dead smoky wood, there's one patch of green and there's a deer and there's this beautiful lady in white and that is Audrey Hepburn. And he's like, Yeah, I sure Pearl pulled that off and you know, da-da-da-da-da, you know, bragging on himself because I'm either dreaming or unless I'm dead and she goes, Well, you're not dead and she puts up, oddly enough, cape on him and gives him a haircut. And then starts to tell him that he's dead. And he has to go back and mentor another. He, he's got to like make up with Holly Hunter and John Cabin. But he, also, before he goes to Spirit World, he has to mentor another pilot. So it's a sweet, beautiful, well-done movie. But what I loved was the, I mean... The Audrey Hepburn part was she's dressed all in white. She's beautiful. And she's like, so happy and chipper. And she gives him a haircut. And he's like, da-da-da-da-da, or I'm dead. And she goes, well, you're not dead. So when I auditioned for that part, I had that in mind, which is why the British accent. But then Funimation said, well, we kind of like that, but we don't want it so British- So let's tone it down and make it transatlantic. But um, it's one of the only auditions that I had an idea in mind from something I'd seen.
2: Yeah. So one thing I have noticed about Botan is that she's not the damsel in distress type of character. Like she's uh, she's very. It's very much so in the front lines with things
3: she's feist, she's feisty and sarcastic, but she's always she's also chipper and you know polite, and so I like that she's got many facets
2: yeah like um i especially when she's mentoring like use and you know trying to make sure he get his body back you know he save this kid and you know the dart tournament where you know, she tried to set up use K and K code, you know, together. And, you know, you. But see instead
3: with- of being delicate, when he's like, oh, am I dead? And she pokes him, boink, 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 and goes, <laughs> bingo, bingo, you win the prize. It's like, you're dead. You know, I want to say a bad word. You dead, UMF, you you're dead. Um, and she's laughing about it, which is kind of maniacal. But she's also benevolent. She's not out to hurt anyone. She just wants to protect. She has a job to do and she takes it seriously.
2: Yeah. And Thread Man says she absolutely loved your voice um, playing Botan. Well,
3: thank you. That means a lot to me. I appreciate that.
2: So, like with, uh, I feel like you you enjoyed, even though you enjoy playing Chi Chi, I feel like you enjoyed playing Botan a little bit more. Um, b- mainly because she's more like at the forefront of things, and
3: yes, you know exactly. Sh-
2: you go to her for answers, either her or Genkai or whatever the case may be, because mm-hmm. times is the explainer. She explains why things are the way they are, what things be- are, and just th- that. Th- 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 right,
3: th- because her job is the one that takes you over the river sticks when you die. She's the Grim Reaper. And but she's sprightly and sweet. And so if you have more work to do that, if you can um, earn a way to go back to life, that if not that. And so um, she's, you know, she's a feisty. She was amazing. What I love about Chi Chi is how she can go into eight emotions in one paragraph, which is not. (laughs) As an actress, it's not easy, but it's fun if you pull it off. But with Botan, she was so likable, and so that's that was really fun for me. And selfishly, she's in more episodes, so I worked more.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I I would say Yu Yu Hakusho is definitely in my top five anime. And now that I go back and rewatch it, and I hear Botan speak, I'm like. Ah, uh, I know her. <laughs> like, I, like I, like I know her. And oh, it, it, you
3: do. Like you it so feels do.
2: different. Like it feels different. And I was like, oh, I, I, you know, I talk to her on the regular, or we talk to her on the regular, and just at the third. So it's like to hear your voice come through both time and the way you speak, because I hear that out of you when we talk about like regular <laughs> stuff. I was like, yeah, I sense that sarcasm there. So what, uh, I don't feel like it was as hard. For you to play both times. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, that's really cute. Um, I I mean, I'm just grateful for any role I get to play mm-hmm. and try to do my best on whatever that is. And um those are definitely two of my favorites. My third favorite is Mitzi from Shinchan.
2: Yeah. So, okay. Now, this show is no holds barred. Okay. So, if you want to quote stuff from both, uh, from Yu Yu, and uh, Dragon Ball and Shin Chan, yes, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> you can do that. So, um, and
3: and Mitzi's a mom character, and they're a middle class family trying to do their best, but it's like Japan's version of Family Guy or The Simpsons. So it's extremely irreverent, but it's not just naughty or irreverent. It's silly. And then it's also ironic. And so there's so many different ways that if you have a sense of humor, you can appreciate it.
2: Mm-hmm. Definitely so. So how fun was that, you know, playing Mitzi?
3: Oh, my gosh. And I didn't audition for it. I showed up. Um Zach who's now a major producer who started as an engineer um was like okay it's just you know it's a slice of life show and you're the mom and he didn't tell me anything about it we just started discovering the things and reading the lines and going did she just say that like Oh my God, is it too late to abort? <laughs> you know, you know, because Shin is mad at her over allowance and goes on a pee strike. And she says, What are you? A Gandhi, of pee? You, know, uh, you know, and I was just like, It takes, to be honest, because we're never given sides and things and rehearsals to discover the character. You discover it as you're recording it, and after many years, I mean, when we, we realize so, if you're a little kid, you're gonna like it because it's silly, you know. And if you're one type of person, you'll like it because it's random. I love random, stupid sense of humor, and then if you're a little bit naughty, you might like the irreverent stuff. But, um, one of the best things is Zach is like. 12 years younger than me and at that point he was a new director and we didn't know each other very well and he thought I was very conservative because I do present that way and he presents I mean he went to prep schools we both present as very conservative in a show that has very like like again Family Guy Simpsons not conservative so my favorite part was when I'd have to say something that I knew was funny but I didn't know why because I'm a middle-aged lady <laughs> and like and a perfect example would be a comment about a glory hole and I was like ain't gonna why is that funny and <laughs> you know and then he and the engineer would laugh and look at each other and I'm like no, I mean, if I'm gonna say it, I really want to know why it's funny. As a straight lady, I did not know about gl- glory holes, <laughs> and so the one of the funniest parts was him having to, as deli- and if he had really known me, he would have known. But we had a professional relationship; we weren't buddies. Right, we liked each other. We worked well together. I think he's amazing, but we weren't like you and I are. So he didn't feel comfortable just throwing it out there. So I really enjoyed. Once I realized he had to squirm when he had to explain why something uh, irreverent was funny, it became my secret weapon of fun. So him having to go, well, a glory hole a whole lot of bathroom and. That, you know I mean, that on top of the hilarity of the show, the process was hysterical and I just loved it.
2: So, I'm gonna blow your mind. Uh oh. So, do you know how many episodes of Shenchan it is? No, it is I don't. 1,077 and counting.
3: Okay, well, the sad part for me is that after three or four years, Funimation got tired of, he even told me this. He goes, yeah, this is our last episode. I was like, what? Wow. Because it's, it's the only show I've been a lead in. I mean, you know, Mitzi was a lead. Uh, Botan was not. Chi Chi was not. So, not just financially, but the joy of acting and getting to work so often, he said, yeah, The Japanese don't understand our sense of humor. So we have to spend a lot of time justifying and explaining it. So we've decided this is our last season. And I literally, tears, I didn't want him to see me. Tears streamed down my face. And it wasn't just selfishly, I'm not going to make as much money. I mean, we don't make that much money. We're an hourly wage, but when you're working regularly, you know, you can pay your bills. And, but I loved it so much. It's just the company got tired of, like, here's an example. If somebody said the MF, you know, mother ever, Japan thought we meant it literally. Japan did not like,
2: Oh, think I lost you. You got on uh, <clears throat> I think you went on mute accidentally. But yeah, uh Cynthia would join us back, you know, really, really, really soon. And um to actually piggyback on what she said, is that it's kind of funny, um, especially when you look in the realm of gaming, especially with Japan and the US, you had to explain a lot of things. Um, I know with Sega Genesis, there was a lot of back and forth with that um as far as uh sales in the U.S. and uh pushing that narrative or whatever the case may be so it was it was definitely a situation where you had to explain a lot of things so I didn't know that because Cynthia just brought that to my attention I didn't know that was the reason why we no longer have like dubbed versions of of Shinchon because I think we all thoroughly you know enjoy that so um that is actually is uh, a pretty alarming so hopefully with other shows that we get to have that kind of sense of humor or whatever the case would be we don't we don't actually have that so uh i think cynthia you still there i think you still on mute yeah black um black looping 810 like it's not even on funimation anymore like i try to look for it uh you, I, I think maybe it's on amazon prime if i'm not mistaken it, it should be on amazon prime or maybe on youtube there's always ways to get it and what the funny thing about it is i did see that at ichiban con because they was they had at least one two three four they had at least four vendors they had four vendors for dvds and i think one of them had Shinchan. and i didn't get it mainly because i thought it was on funimation still and I was like, uh, ah, I, I check it out on Funimation. I didn't want to buy DVD, but now looking back on it, I, I should have bought it. Uh, I should have bought it. And I wonder when they took it off of Funimation though. That's just, I don't understand that. But I I don't understand it, but I understand it at the same time. So uh, we're gonna take a quick music break and we will be back with some more Cynthia Krantz and talking more about voice acting. And um, if you have any questions, go ahead and type it in the chat and we'll definitely get that, all right?
0: old school brother.
2: Right And Cynthia, are you there? I hope so. All right. We're back. We, we okay. are back. Okay. So what you were saying about uh, Shinshine and, you know, you found out about... Well,
3: that. it made me so sad. And then I understand another studio took it up and I never followed on that. It it. This is what's so weird about the business. There were lots of shows like Case Closed and... Um, ugh, so many that people liked, but for whatever reason, didn't get picked up and other studios took them and you're just like, what, why'd it go away? You know, um, a oh, princess jellyfish. People loved that show, but it did not have a second season. And I don't know why. I know with case closed, they didn't know what to do with it because it was a little bit you know, it's little kids solving mysteries, so it, it's for little kids, so the older kids aren't into it, but it was a little too violent for the little kids, so there's there's that kind of thing, so you never know what show's going to keep going, and why, or which one isn't going, and why.
2: You know, it, it's kind of weird, though, because you see uh, like with Case Closed, it has over a thousand episodes. shin has over a thousand episodes. Like, the job is, the job itself is endless. It's like One Piece, basically, because One Piece is still going on. They're still doing dub versions of, yes. of One Piece, because you have done yep. work on One Piece, along with Dragon Ball and everything else. And I
3: have. I was Bellamere, and I was little... Um- um, I was some of the little kids I can't remember they haven't brought me back in a while but I had a, a, like four or five fun roles on that show
2: oh, oh yeah I mean well a lot of people don't know though you actually voiced another character on Dragon Ball as well two others mm-hmm. well, yeah now what two were they But one of them was Boomer's mom. Oh,
3: Maya's so handsome. Would you like a snack? Mrs. Briefs. And I love her so much. I wish she was in every episode because she's just a breath of fresh air. She'll be watering her plants and twirling around in her sexy outfit going, la, 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 la. And then one of them was baby Broly when he's angry crying. So that was fun.
2: Wow. Okay, I did not know you you was Baby Broly. Okay, I. I did and when know I it.
3: did it, I did not know. They didn't say this is going to be a huge art character later. They're just like, hey, can you pop on in and scream your angriest baby cry? And I'm like, okay. That's the other funny thing about it. When you go, when you don't know what you're doing, you don't. I mean, unless. Yes, I got called back to Yu Yu or Dragon Ball Z. I'd have an idea. But other than that, you don't know. They'll be just like, so you're just an angry baby and you're really mad. So just cry as angry as you can, having no idea what Broly's going to be later. Right. You know? So- or be- or Bellamere in One Piece. I know I'm trying to save these two girls that I've adopted, and I know I end up dying for them. But I didn't know... I have a lot of fans of Bellamere, and I did not know why, because I didn't watch enough of the show to know that she's the mother of, you know, the whole star of the show. And I'm I'm like, I didn't know that. They never said that. They just said, you have adopted these kids And they're trying to make you pay money for everybody. And you can only afford to, so you sacrifice. They didn't say it was NAMI. I didn't know. And that's what's kind of is cool. I've had a few roles like that. I have like three or four roles that people like to buy my prints of that for many years, I had no idea were a big deal because I didn't know I only know they had a few episodes, but I didn't did not know that those were important arcs in the show mm. because they don't have time to tell you. They're like, "Can you? here's how it goes." Tara, the talent coordinator, will be like, "Hey, can you be in Studio B for Joel on Tuesday at one?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and then I show up and I. If it's not a show, I've been a regular on. He's like, okay, so here's what's happening. The elves are being invaded by, you know, these aliens, and you are the innkeeper and go. And they don't tell you if that's a recurring character, a main character. I did not know Mitzi was a main character in Shenzhen. Wow. I did not know what Chi Chi's role was. I did not know. I did not know what Botan was. Um, And I'm not blaming them. They don't have time. They've got to get it. Now they're on simuldub, so they've got to get it out. So you show up and they're just like, there's no prep. There's no learning lines. There's like, so here's what's happening, you know. Uh, they, you, you want your grandmother to be able to see the cherry blossoms for the last time and they're these fox people that can you know change between fox and human and shapeshift and here we go we're just going to watch the Japanese scene and you watch it once and then they put your lines on the screen and then you hear three beeps and you have to start talking and then you leave and you don't know if you ever show up again and you don't know what happens to the show. And I mean, part of that's good because you don't get hung up on it. But part of it's weird because there's like characters that for years at conventions, I didn't know. I didn't know people cared about several characters that that people like to buy. Because I didn't watch the show, so I didn't know there were... I only know they were in a few episodes. I didn't know they were a, an important part of the arc.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I can get why you can get a little lost. And I can see why you can get caught off guard too when you do uh certain conventions and stuff like that. That a lot of people just run up to you, like, Oh my god, you your voice is this person, this person, this person and you kinda like, Oh my man.
3: Yes, they'll show up. Okay, so the the fans that want everyone's signature on their DVD or poster, they'll be like, You were in Bleach. And I'm like, I was. And I'm like, Yeah, you played. Uh, no, I, I can't remember who I played in Bleach, but I was in it. They'll be like, You were Lisa in Soul Eater. And I'm like, I was. I knew I was in Soul Eater. I don't remember Lisa. And they're like, Yeah, you were the first victim. And I'm like, Oh my God, great. And I'll sign their poster. Now, that doesn't mean they want to buy a poster of Lisa from Bleach. But it's like, oh, you were in Summer Wars. You were this person. And you're like, because you don't know what show's a big deal, what show's not. And if your character is not a regular, you don't know if anyone cares about it. So it's it's actually a really lovely surprise when are like, oh, my gosh. You know, you were Lisa and or I want your signature. I'm like, really? Okay.
2: <laughs> Why? Wow. So um speaking of conventions, I think one of our best times, if not the best time.
3: <laughs> I know where you're going.
2: <laughs> was uh Raleigh GalaxyCon.
3: Oh my so, god! And for so many reasons.
2: <laughs> so it's a funny story how that actually came about because uh, me and you, uh, when we had dinner at uh, BonsaiCon. Um, yes. You and, I,
3: and you and I were looking at each other like, what is going on? Because there's the most friend We had the people that put on the convention, we had other more famous talent, we had people we didn't know, and we were just looking at each other and going, uh, I don't know what's going on, but the food's real good and I'm glad we're here.
0: <laughs>
3: so And we I mean, laughed so hard and we had such a good connection. That was really cool. Then-
2: still do, still do, still do. I, I know Yes um, we
3: do, but that's what started it.
2: That really what started it. And and you told me like, Hey, if you're able to get me to like a certain show then, you know, You know we can always go together. I'm like, all right, we can work
3: it out. Like, we'll work out a deal.
2: So I was able to get you the very last spot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god!
3: And and what I didn't know was that that convention is one of the biggest ones in the the country because it's not just anime. Like I remember at that convention, I was fanning out. I met john cusack one of my favorite actors um michael anthony hall Uh, i mean i just met actor after will wheaton and i got to meet them not in the line but in the green room and i'm like oh my gosh like we're just the little anime people on our aisle but we've got all these huge people that I couldn't believe were there, and I'm I, Tim Curry. I got to meet him at that one. That yeah. was just like, I mean, it wasn't just about the money, I or the fun because we did have a lot of fun, but it was, um, it was a like there were Star Wars people. Remember at the bar, we were like, dude, wow, we're talking to this person or that person just as a human, not as a You know, fan, and that was so cool. And I can't thank you enough for getting me there because that—I just wish I had known in advance how big it was going to be, so I could prepare myself. I
2: I tried to prep prep you as much as I can because it was my first time going too. And I was like, well, <laughs> you're looking at possibly thirty to 40,000 people. And and
3: I w- I'm like, yeah, yeah, the people. But I wasn't thinking about the live action guests that were part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there were like eight or nine actors there that I was fading out over but wanted to pretend I wasn't.
2: <laughs> yeah it, it's like i think rob snyder was there uh oh uh, yes in i got him
3: to say uh yes i waited till they didn't have anyone line and i crept her i'm like hey i'm one of the voice actors over there i just want to say i've enjoyed your work and i'm like and i can never stop saying you can do anyway you can do it <laughs> and you know anthony michael hall when i told him i enjoyed his work literally put his hand together like in prayer and bowed to me and said, thank you. And, and it wasn't fake. Like he really appreciated. I wasn't buying anything from him. He wasn't impressed with who I was. He just appreciate. It's really cool. When you see a hero of your childhood be like appreciative that you cared about their work.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like a, uh, kind of like an actor's or oh, actress's dream, really. Um, it
3: was. You fulfilled like many dreams on that weekend, and we had so many laughs. And I just thank you so much for that experience.
2: And drinks, yes,
3: <laughs> yes, yes. There were drinks. There were cigarettes. There were, you know, all kinds of things happening. It was very fun.
2: Yeah, we didn't have – we had have any clue there was mini bars <laughs> at, mm-hmm. at Raleigh mm-hmm. Galaxy Con because I think we got there – well, you got there Thursday. I got there like Thursday afternoon, evening around that ballpark, mm-hmm. and yeah. there was a like a party that Thursday night.
3: Yes, then- I have our picture. I have our picture. Do you – a us from that party, we took a selfie. I'll send it to you if you don't have it. Oh,
2: yeah, because I, I don't have it. Yeah, okay. I,
3: I will that. send it, but then, then the main restaurant bar in the hotel became, like, where everyone went, and it could be fans, it could be staff, and it could be a A-li- literally A-list actors, not just anime, and I'm, I'm not putting it down anime. I'm grateful to be that, but a-list actors and like dude, there was some kid that played metal with some huge band and his mom was really cool and Rager and that's where I really got to know Rager and um, Josh Martin because they were such gentlemen. If I went outside they were like, we will accompany you and open the door and make sure that no one mugs you and walk you to the elevator and I was like, okay.
2: <laughs> I think uh, she Sean was there, right?
3: Yes, and Sean was funny. Um, I'm gonna tell a little diva story about him. So he came in Friday and I was going down. I'll admit it, I'm a smoker. I didn't start till like seven years ago. It's really dumb. Don't do it. But it's eleven. I was going out to have a cigarette, and he was checking in and, you know, he was very concerned about I wanna be on the I need to make sure I'm on an special level with only guests and no fans and the lady was like i don't think he understood even how many um guests were there and she's like everyone in this hotel is a guest but you know i laughed about him being a diva but then he he took a group of us out to dinner and wouldn't let any of us pay for that and that was so sweet and kind
2: like at all, at all, because no, it like, he wouldn't,
3: he, and like, hey, and none of us expect yet, yeah, none of us expected it. I don't expect anyone to pay my way, and he was like, and that and that's where you learn when people are, maybe they can be a diva here, but they're super generous there, and you know, Chris Rager got pissed at me because in the green room on Sunday. I walk up to the lunch table and Will Wheaton is there and I've been binge watching, you know, um, oh my God, I can't think of the name of the show about all the geeks that are scientists. Oh, come on. It's such a great, yes, Mm -hmm. I had just discovered it like a year or two before I've been binging it. And I'd also, the only, the only, um, oh my God. Oh, my God. What's the show that he was famous for? Uh, Hello. Yes. The only Star Trek series I saw was The Next Generation because that's what I had on TV because I didn't have Mm -hmm. cable when I got home from my restaurant job and at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So I knew who he was. And I loved Stand By Me. Huge part of my childhood. So I see him standing there and talking to Chris Rager, who's sitting. And I was like, are you Will Wheaton? And he goes, yes, I am. And I said, well, I just loved you in Stand By Me. And he said, well, thank you. And I said, and I'm really enjoying the Big Bang there. And he's like, well, thank you. And he was as humble and kind as you would like. And I thought all, all went well. And then later, Chris Rager, who was in – um um, mm. I one of the games that was a big, super huge game that was released that year. I can't mm. remember which one, but what I did know was Will Wheaton and seen Chris wearing that T-shirt and said, "I auditioned for that and I didn't get it." And you know, and Chris was like, "Thanks a lot, Chris." no Chris, who's been walking me to the elevator, opening doors, making sure I'm not getting mugged. Like, thanks a lot, Kranz. I like a what? He's like, You cock blocked me when Will Wheaton was fanboying over the fact that I was in this video game that he didn't get. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, and he was like, Ha, I just let you and stand by me. And I'm like, Well, I excuse me that I didn't know what y'all were talking about when I but that's kind of the fun stuff of the conventions i'm like i see an opportunity there was a pause in the conversation i wanted to let the man know i liked his work i had no idea who was fanboying out on chris on a t you know on the game it was just like thanks crayons and he, for a year, it was every time I saw him, it would be like, he eh, kept kind of blocking my moment of Will Wheaton fanboying out over me. It
2: was just, just hysterical. <laughs> You may not have known, like, but in Raleigh, I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Like, I was really I was yeah. Really you, Yeah,
3: I was aware. You were everywhere. I you
2: were everywhere. a busy
3: boy, my friend.
2: And I was, like, either taking pictures or I'm trying to arrange, like, certain interviews. Podcast. Stuff like that. Yeah, you were you know, busy. Making sure you were And okay. you were
3: my agent. You got me into that. So you were checking on me.
2: Yeah, so I, I had fun doing it. I don't get me wrong. I had tons of fun doing it. You know, I never would have thought in a million years, like, you know, Sean, <laughs> Schemmel, um, Goku, you know, but y'all know him as Goku in Dragon Ball. He was like, hey, y'all want to get something to eat? And let me put out like this. Sushi and Korean barbecue is not cheap. <laughs> okay. No. And it's like, what, six of us? Like maybe six or seven of us?
3: I think it was six to eight. And none of us expected anyone to pick up our tab.
2: Right. So he's like, oh, no, don't worry about it. I got it. Like, Hello. Oh, oh. Like, okay. And we're like, no, no, no. And he's like, your money is
3: no good to me. And, and that's really sweet because, you know, when he was checking in, he's like, I need to be in a special room, which was funny. And then, you know, later he's like, yeah, yeah, let's get some dinner. And, you know, he's not being hoity toity or snooty about who goes. And then he insists on paying for it. And so you just, you learn so much about people, how they are behind the scenes.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, that Will Wheaton was fanning, I remember the show, fanning out on Chris Rager about Borderlands.
2: Oh, okay, okay.
3: And and then I went to John Cusack. I don't usually go to other people's panels, but, you know, I'm the age that John Cusack's movies were, in, you know, from 16 Candles Up. And so I'm like, I'm leaving my table and I'm going to go watch his thing. And what was funny was I ended up on the elevator with him and I didn't want him to think I was fanning out. So I talked to my handler and I took pictures and he was very gracious. I was worried about him though. He, he was gray. He was very, I was afraid he was dying of cancer. He did not look well, but he presented very well in his thing. And then, we rode down the elevator back because I had to get back to my thing. And then in the green room later, I said, I, I really, en- I've I really enjoyed your work. And he said, Thank you. And that was the extent of it. But during his panel, someone asked him, What's it like to be reunited with Anthony Michael Hall? Because they were both starting out in 16 candles. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Michael Hall was the, the bigger character. And they literally, there's one person between their booths and he goes, Oh, is he here? What? And so I left, wow. I, well, I left not knowing it's very possible. he literally didn't know.
2: Right. Me there's, with a lot of people, there's, honestly.
3: But there's no reason to big time him. I mean, it right. sounded snarky, but then I'm like, He's the bigger star, so why would he put him down? But I can tell you, if anybody I know is one booth down, I'm going to be hugging their neck. And no, I mean, it was just—and poor little Tim Curry in his wheelchair was so gracious, and I didn't want to bother him. I waited till he was in the lobby, and no one was around him, and got down on my knee and just said, It's such an honor to meet you, and um, it was— that's one of the coolest conventions I've ever been to. And I will be ever grateful that you got me there. And we had our own inside jokes and fun things, too.
2: Man, I hope we were able to make it back to uh, GalaxyCon. Well, actually, GalaxyCon this year uh, falls like the week of July. Oh, oh my girlfriend's birthday. So we're actually going to be in Cancun. So I'm actually Oh, with. good.
3: I'm like, yeah. Well, they've had me back. Um On Dragon Ball Z panels virtual. Okay. You somehow slid me in. I don't know how you did it. If you could ever do it again, uh, that'd be amazing. But if not, I'm so grateful I got to go to that one because that literally I was starstruck and it was so wonderful to be able to just observe and be there.
2: Oh, yeah. It was fun now. I have a question though. Before you know, before we uh, end the interview, do you still get the smell of cookies in your house in the middle of the night?
3: Oh, you talk about our ghost! Yeah, (laughs) we have not had the smell of cookies in a while. Um, Yesterday, my sister was over here, and um, so picture a stove, and then things behind the stove, the cook—you know, like a—I don't know something um toppled over with no one touching it and she looked at me funny i go dude we've owned this house for 16 years you've seen a lot of stuff why does that creep you out because it's never anything horrifying it could be um one time mitch was out of town my husband and i was doing the dishes and i heard what sounded like a classic mitch belch And I turned around to give the eye roll and went and no one was there. And I was like, Oh, but it didn't scare me. Um, And like two weeks ago, Mitch came running in the kitchen and goes, please tell me you threw, we have a dog named Annie and Annie and Mitch were in bed in the bedroom. And Annie has a pink rubber ball. He Mm -hmm. goes, please tell me you threw Annie's ball. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm cleaning up the kitchen. He's like, Annie and I were in bed, and that ball came bouncing into the room and rolled to his top. I'm like, Well, again, this has been going on for
0: 15 years.
3: <laughs> 15 years. And it, it will go months with nothing. And then something silly like that will happen. Like, just to remind you, just when you think, Oh, uh, maybe it's gone. It and it's it won't be any. No one's touching you. No one's appearing. You're you're not hearing voices. Nothing like horrifying. Um, just things where you're like, hmm. Okay, hi, whoever you are, you know. Yeah,
2: you have a girl yes. that bakes cookies, and it smells like chocolate chip in your house. Well, <laughs> you
3: know, she did bake cookies. She also had perfume smell. Um, you know, we've had a we could do a five hour, uh, conversation on all the stuff that's happened. But it's funny that you ask because in the last month we've had two or three things happened after months with nothing. hmm You should wow. do a Halloween special and we can really get into it.
2: Oh, yeah. I think yeah, we could do that. Got it. Yeah, until uh, October ish. Because it seems like you have like uh, like a, a kid <laughs> and like so, maybe someone who had the house before you that loves to bake.
3: Yeah, and, well, and I found out some history in the house that explains some of this stuff.
2: Oh, you know, there's a show on a uh, CBS where I forgot the name of it. I think it is called Ghost. I think. Yeah. Where this uh, uh husband and wife uh got this house. And she literally sees them, but it's not like it's not on a scary tip or anything like that. Like they just in the house having a conversation with them or with her or him. And it might be like Napoleon or, you know, some kind of historical figure or or like a someone of recent memory or somebody like that, like literally having conversations. It's it's a comedy, basically.
3: Oh, good. uh, I'll check it out.
2: Yeah, it looks pretty hilarious because I think when she first uh, got the house, she saw somebody and she kind of like chased them out around with the pot and didn't realize it was a ghost because she ran into a That's
3: really (laughs) funny. My husband, okay, so Mitch is the biggest debunker. And for like eight months, he tried to debunk. When we first moved in, the activity was off the charts. Mm -hmm. But again, nothing terrifying. We're not seeing a lady showing up in her room with her neck crooked and her legs crooked and she's crawling on the walls. None of that stuff. Just enough stuff that you're like, I saw that. Did you see that? I heard that. I smelled that. Uh, That bottle went flying across the room. No one was touching it. But he's a debunker, so that's the best part. And there's so many stories, and when I found out the history of the house, it totally explains it. But um, my sister was house-sitting for us in September and mm-hmm. sitting in one of our recliners, and something, she goes, it felt like someone came up behind me and need used their knee to bonk the back of the chair to her lower back
0: mm.
3: to the wow. point where yeah. it bumped her, like— like she could identify where it hit her, and it didn't hurt her, but that's kind of violent, and I haven't had that happen. So she left, and I don't blame her. But it'll be months of nothing, and then a burp. Months of nothing, and then a ball being thrown. Months of nothing, and then cookie smells. So it's um, I don't know. And um, to me, the house feels welcoming and warm, but um. There have been many people that came to our house and were like, we love your black cat. It's so pretty. And we're like, we don't have a cat. <laughs> but they <laughs> saw it. They saw it, thought it was beautiful.
2: So we don't have a cat. <laughs>
3: yeah, I think we should do a Halloween one. And I know other actors that have things they could add in. But. um, Well, I have a but
2: cat. We're- and You have a cat? Well, lack like thereof, because he he comes and goes. He like, I miss like a, our cats. He's like a I neighborhood mean, cat now. and I, think I my, know. My next door neighbor actually adopted him, I think, because he has a but bed it's... over there now. So
3: <laughs> Good. Yeah. But, I mean, you think about ghosts, you don't think about animal ghosts. But mm. I have three or four stories about the ghost cat beyond people seeing it. Like, it's a whole other podcast interview, so we might need to do a Halloween
2: one. Yeah, that would be pretty dope. That would be pretty dope. Now, are you? Are you? Um, where's the next convention you're gonna be at? Because I know you've been posting some things. You've been.
3: Well, the next one is gonna be OhioCon. Con, and um, then in April. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm drawing a blank. I mean, starting in February. Through August, I have things, but the next one is Ohiocon, and um, as far as things I'm working on, there are some original projects, and one of which you hooked me up with the guy mm-hmm. that I'm really excited about. Jet—it's not a non-disclosure. He wants me to talk about a Jet Boy and um, other several other of his shows. Mm-hmm. And he is so busy wheeling and dealing, but that's gonna be a dream part because I get to play an English teacher by day and a secret agent by night. And oh, yes, yeah, for Jet Boy. And um so we need to wish Mr. Corey Davis some major prayers. He's in the hospital. Probably not COVID. He said two yes two no's and one no so he's just had a year of hardship but he's working so hard and he's so talented and i'm so grateful that you are the one that put me in touch with him because he's just an amazing guy
2: yeah he's a uh, he's like busy 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 and i mean i catch him like mean, when i call him i catch him and usually he answers phone pretty quickly or uh, I know yeah. he did a, Uh He did Soda City, and he actually gave me his table. So me and him was kind of like side by side, and and stuff like that. So <clears throat> I don't know. Well, you I gave just, me some information.
3: I just adore him, and I can't wait to meet him in person. I think he's so talented and so straight up, and doing everything right. I'm so proud of him, mm-hmm. and so grateful to be a part of what he's doing. So as far as I know. Um, I have a few little independent projects that I can't talk about, but that one I can because he's like, tell everybody. You know, usually it's like non-disclosure. And he's like, tell everybody. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know? So That's Jet it. Boy, don't, you know, look up. It, um, yep. He's amazing. And he's struggled with his health, I think, because – He's pushing himself too hard. He's never not in a meeting or at a convention or drawing and making new, you know, comic books or what, I mean, I don't know what he's doing. He's so busy. And then he cooks. He's forever on the grind. And then he gets pictures of what he cooks just makes me mad. I'm just like, (laughs) Oh my God, you're having a lobster. And bison, you know, fillets and every side. I mean, and he, I don't know how it became a magical shove, but um, again, Erskine, you've been just a magical part of my career. And as a friend, I adore you. And you've connected me to so many wonderful things. And I will always want to do the same for you.
2: Well, I i mean, you're such a gem to be around. Um- Especially like you have multiple facets of your personality, so like uh, I said,
3: <laughs> we don't need to get into all
2: that now. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but it's like it's so fun to like you know be around you, especially when we meet up at like a convention. You too. And hopefully, we're definitely gonna do that again. And, yeah
3: we're um, making lots of eye contact and facial expressions while other things are going on like mm, okay <laughs> exactly we have the kind of friendship where we don't even to talk we just go uh, uh did you see I saw okay then
2: <laughs> yeah you saw what I saw yeah yeah, that, yeah so i'm I'm so glad that uh you know, uh, it. I think another good thing I always see with you is like when you and Linda always hanging around with each other. So that's kind of like always a, a fun thing uh, and This has
3: become a joke because Linda and I, three years ago, went to a convention together. We never traveled together and we bonded and it was a great show. It was a should have been a great show, wasn't, but great group of people had a great time. And then um, we share two different booking agents, and so um, her husband doesn't like her to drive if it's you know a, you know more than an hour. So we drive together a lot. And one of our agents was trying to say Linda and Cynthia, and he called us Lynthia. And it really is Linthia. And I have a really funny story about it because she's like 20 years older than me, but she's so cool. She's in better shape than me. She just, just she's my idol as far as how to be in age and be young forever and talented. And we were in Oklahoma City and we just laugh about being lit because we're both digging in our purses at the same time and ooh, I gotta go back things that a lot of people would get annoyed at we're just like on the same page so anyway we'd had an appearance and we are in Oklahoma City and we get in the elevator and there are these two guys and, and one guy sees our banners and our You know, little rolly bags. He goes, Musician, there's so many ways we could have answered it. And we both went, because we were exhausted in monotone, actor. And he went, Oh, oh, there's a studio over here. Y'all doing a film? And we both went, At the same time in (laughs) the May. And then he goes, Oh. Well, what show? And you could have said DBZ, Dragon Ball Z. You could have said lots of things. But we both, in the same voice, same cadence, at the same time, went Dragon Ball Z. We were just exhausted. And he was like, okay. And then they got off their elevator. And we just looked at each other. I'm like, did we just say all the same things exactly word for word in the same cadence and tone? And she's like, Yeah, I'm like, I kind of think we were like the shining twins. And she goes, I'm pretty sure we scared them. Yeah. And then she goes, We really are Linthia. <laughs> so we've become a, a little team. Like, you know, we travel. She's Batman, I'm Robin, because Freeze is bigger than Chi Chi. So. If she can get in the door, and then I can get in, she can make what she makes, and I make what I need to make, and we just travel so well together. And she's just so amazing. I just love her so much.
2: Yeah, she is a sweetheart. Like I, um, I know. And last she's time we funny.
3: People Barry. are scared to know that she's funny.
2: Because yeah, really she hilarious.
3: plays a villain, but she's a super Christian woman. But she'll say the most dry sense of humor things in the moment. You're like, oh, was expecting that.
2: Just like with, you know, which is ironic, you know, because she voices Genkai from Yu Yu Agusho. And Genkai, you know, even though she is the teacher, she talks on case <laughs> level. And you know, you hear her say, "You incompetent dumbass." You know, she just, you know, she'll say something like okay. that, right? And that
3: is Linda, and and I mean, and she's the kindest, most you know, spiritual Christian woman. But her sense of humor is so dry and quick, <laughs> and like we're driving home from Oklahoma, and we pull over at some place called Pam's. What was it, Pam's something huzzy? Pam's hateful huzzy cafe, and we're like, oh, we gotta stop here, and we take pictures, and you know, we make up our story what we think happened. And um, she's amazing, and I think so underrated, and she's she's my um, I'm not gonna say idol, but she's what I look to to how to age because. We'll go to a convention. We'll go to bed, and I'll go to bed, and she'll be doing Tybo on her computer. Like she's just... um,
2: Oh, I gotta ask her that on Saturday. I gotta ask
3: her. I gotta ask. Ask her about about Tybo. Ask her about Pam's hateful huzzy cafe. (laughs) Ask her about Lynthia, because. and we've crushed weddings together, but I'm the only one that got yelled at and tossed out. Like, wow, (laughs) we don't do really bad things. We just are like, oh, let's check this out. and Should be um, Thelma and
2: Louise. (laughs)
3: Yes! (laughs) Except we don't want to kill anyone or die. But
2: Yeah, you don't um, want to drive over a cliff. You don't want to do that.
3: (laughs) No, we don't. But other than that, we really are Thelma and Louise, and It was such an odd pairing, but um, she's one of my favorites.
2: Well, Cynthia, it's been a pleasure as always. And uh, I'm pretty sure the listeners enjoy your time, you know, on the show. I hope
3: so. I just enjoy talking to you and I I love you and I miss you. And I can't wait till we can be. I can't wait till the next Super Saiyan or whatever thing we have going on.
2: Right, right. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for. I mean, I'm back in the swing of things and going to conventions again. So, um, and thread madness says thank you. Hundred yard Aquaman says thank you. Black looping. Um, thank actually, you
3: guys. Thank you for listening. I can't believe anyone cares to listen to me.
2: <laughs> people care. Trust me, people care. And uh, um, and, you know, my, my girlfriend was listening to because she listened for a while. Uh, too as well because uh, she's not really an anime watcher like me because I'm an anime watcher. Uh, I'm not, not either. A-
3: what What is her name?
2: Uh, Naima.
3: Naima, you must be a very special girl because I've known this guy for a while and d- he doesn't take interest in just anyone and so I can't wait to meet you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that'll be an awesome time because um, and yeah... We- hopefully we can link up at some point hopefully we're
3: gonna we We need to make the super saiyan the next super saiyan happen
2: yes we got to we have to got to we have to and uh, I know you're a busy lady and I know you got other things too because and you're
3: very busy too but we will we will I predict we will see each other in the next six months
2: yes ma'am yes ma'am okay All right, and you have a good night.
3: You too, my sweet friend. And for everyone listening, thank you for listening. I love you all, and I hope to meet you one day at some something. Um, (laughs) And you guys have a great night.
2: All right, y'all, until Saturday night, we got uh, Linda Young, a.k.a. Frieza, a.k.a. Genkai from Yu Yu Hakusho on the show on Saturday (laughs) night at 7 p.m. And we got a special outro. This is a Japanese version of uh, the Yu Yu Show theme song. So until next time, y'all, peace.